Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, Good afternoon, delight, and welcome to the show that is sugary spiceness and everything niceness on OCRFM, which is 98.3 across Colac and District, 88.7 FM along the coast, and streaming online at ocrfm.org.au. How's it, Max? Yeah, good. Yeah, good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to for the weekend? Uh, yesterday, Dad and I went fishing. Oh, yep. Yeah. Where, whereabouts? Uh, Lake Parambit. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Catch a cold or <laughs> no, <laughs> few things. Yeah. Yep. Small, small enough to keep or uh, big yeah, enough to throw um, back. We kept them all. We got around like twenty or something. Okay. Yeah. Start your own fish pond at home. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, we best get the show underway and open up the unbox for this week because uh, we're back to having. A specific country that we're visiting. Radio, we are smack bang in the Netherlands with our newest yum box, which we started opening up last week. Uh, what's in there this week? What are we? Uh, Taste uh, testing. Soft licorice and fruit gummies. Right. And chocolate covered prudin <laughs> Something that is in a different language. <laughs> I think you pronounce that crudenoten. But we'll find out what that means. I think it's uh, translates as milk, white and dark chocolate spice cookies. So maybe crudenoten is spice. We'll find out. So, which are we going with first, the gummies or the cookies? Uh, gummies. Okay. So, fruit and licorice. Hmm, that sounds like a very interesting combination. The average Dutch person buys more licorice than toothpaste. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That's a bizarre fact. It explains why each and every Amsterdam candy shop is lined with jars after jar of drop, which is the local name for licorice. It's in every shape, every flavour imaginable, salty hearts to sweet coins. So with this particular yum, you'll taste um, their favourite version, a gummy that is half drop and half juicy fruit. So they kind of look pastillish in shape and uh, half and half. So we have similar sort of things here in Australia with the uh, sweet and sour, um, what are those things called, Sour Patch Kids, where... It's half one colour, half another, but all of these have a licorice flavoured end. And then the different fruit flavours are various colours. So they're made of concentrated fruit and vegetable juice for the colours only. Um, 
The flavours are all going to be... Uh, oh, no, it says natural flavour, as well as colours. Oh, and they're stamped with... Uh, red band. Red band. So that's the branding of the the gummies. Um, and the logo on the outside of the uh, packaging looks a bit like a butterfly, perhaps? <coughs> Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. It's a unique shape. <laughs> kind of butterfly wings. But the pastilles themselves are, or the gummies I should say, all have a unique shape depending on the flavour. Is that right? I think so. So the orange ones are an oval shape. And so it's half orange, half licorice. Then the, I'm assuming lemon, the yellow ones, kind of look like a witchetty grub sort of shape. And then the pinky red ones must be maybe a strawberry or some form of berry. They've got a similar sort of indentation to the the yellow ones. So what are we doing? Are we uh, going fruit first, then the licorice, or... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what's, what's the plan of attack? Okay, fruit first. And you've gone, yep, red ones there. Right, so we'll see what sort of berry it is. Or if indeed it is berry or not. Oh, it's quite a hard, chewy gum. Mm. Getting any flavour out of that? A little bit. I'm getting a strong strawberry. It's like a teaspoon of strawberry jam. I don't know what it tastes like. Don't bite too far into the, the licorice end or you get uh, a licorice overdose. <laughs> and it really knocks out the flavour of the strawberry. The The fruit end for me definitely tasted like strawberry. It's like a very sweet strawberry jam taste. But then the, um, the other end, which is quite dark, definitely has that aniseed licorice taste. Mm-hmm. And after all this time, I cannot remember. Are you a licorice fan? Depends who it's by. <laughs> ah, okay. Now, Dutch licorice is known for being uh, salty. <laughs> mm. So this... What, are you getting a salty licorice taste? Yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking of the, the fruit gummy? The fruit end is good, but the licorice... <laughs> Not a fan of? Yeah. You'd be biting these in half? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite like eating a, a black cat from Allen's. It's got a very yeah, salty aftertaste to the licorice side. So mm -hmm. the smart thing to do if you're not a fan would be to eat the licorice side first, then finish with the, the sweet fruit side to get the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> um... Lemon one's not too strong. What about the orange? Getting any different flavours out of it? Same the orange end for last. Yeah, okay, <laughs> good plan, good plan. I'll let you uh, finish that off. But, um, yeah, it's very... Very salty aftertaste on the, the licorice end. But uh, thumbs up, thumbs down for the duo... Mm. One thumb up. 
<laughs> one for the fruit end, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if we can uh, twist your arm then with the chocolate-covered crude Newton cookies. So these spiced crude Newton are winter cookies, and they are very similar to something we had last month in the celebrations box that we had. So these are the Netherlands go-to winter cookie. Um, the Dutch delicacy is created by the Bolch factory. And so um, we had spiced um, spiced cookies last in the last um, yum box. But these ones are then a spiced cookie that's dipped in either white chocolate, milk chocolate or dark chocolate. And apparently, after you've eaten it, you're meant to say badonk bolcher, which means thanks, bolcher. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is if, of course, you're not just saying mmm, yum. <laughs> so, what do they look like? Uh, I don't actually know. <laughs> they kind of look like old buttons. <laughs> mm. <laughs> They're a, uh, a glazed chocolate and they'd be about the size of a five cent piece, but quite thick because it's got a biscuit on the inside mm-hmm. but they they honestly look like um you know if you've got the 1940s 1950s style button-up coats <laughs> they look exactly like uh like that but uh, there's one of each flavor we've got here the milk white and dark chocolate mm-hmm. are you uh, preferencing one over the other before we start or just down the hatch i'm gonna go the dark chocolate dark first. first try and get it over and done with case you're not a fan so it's gingery taste on the inside that's good mm. now the interesting thing is reading through the flavoring I cannot it just says spices it doesn't tell you which one but I'm definitely getting a ginger ginger taste mm-hmm what are you getting as you have a bit of a munch and crunch there? Um, I reckon like ginger and cinnamon or something. Yeah, possibly a cinnamon taste. And then worked in with the the chocolate taste as well. It's a very good combo. Mm-hmm. The, um, the shine would come on the outside of the chocolate would come from a corn syrup base. Mm-hmm. But um, did you have a preference for dark white regular? I think milk chocolate. Milk chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dark wasn't too bad, but um, yeah, it, it's just an easy blend. I think the dark and the spices, kind of, they contrast each other a bit too much, not complement as such. Mm. Okie dokie. Thumbs up, thumbs down then? Uh, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Um, let's have a quick flick through the Netherlands. Did you know that the Netherlands is home to over 1,000 windmills? Ooh. That's why they're the national symbol when anyone thinks of uh, the Netherlands or Dutch people. They think of clogs and uh, they also think of windmills. <laughs> and they're not just for show. All the wind power is put to good use, which powers 100% of their public trains. So all their trains are powered specifically by wind power. 
after tulips were first introduced in the Netherlands in 19, uh, sorry 1593, the, um, by 1962, at the height of the period, which is dubbed tulip mania, one bulb could cost eight times the average yearly income. They were that popular. Mm-hmm. All this tulip love is far f- from a thing of the past because the Netherlands still produce about two billion tulips every year, which is more than any other country in the world. There you go. Okay, so you're going to give me some um, trivia now mm-hmm. about the Netherlands, see what I do or do not know already. The Dutch created the first self-driving car for A, children, B, fish, C, computers, D, mailmen. Oh, I don't know what happened there. What was that last one, sorry? D, mailman. D, mailman. The first self-driving car... For children, fish, fish, computers, and mailmen. Well, if it was a self-driving car for children, I think they'd get too overwhelmed and might steer it in the wrong direction. Mailmen have a lot of stops and starts, so as handy as that probably is, I don't know whether self-driving would make much difference because they're going to be doing a lot of the controlling themselves. Fish sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, computers don't really need to self-drive. Oh, I want to say fish because it's so dumb, but I'll say children. No. No? Aww. What is it? Fish. Fish! Yeah. Why do fish need to be driven around? I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Self-driving cars for fish. Well, perhaps they need to spread their fins. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Netherlands. In 1945, Princess Juliana of the Netherlands sent what to Canada? A. 12 classic sculptures... B, a chest of priceless gems. C, want a hundred thousand tulips or a poem in a bottle. See, the tulips would be too expensive to send (laughs) now that we know how how much they... uh, Although they are a a Dutch national symbol. Would, would a princess be that extravagant? I'll say tulips for the extravagance. You're correct. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they sent 100,000 tulips to Canada. There you go. In 2012, the city of Hagu built a $176,000 bridge to a... Provide a bicycle exclusive path. B. Create a parade route for the king's birthday. C. Build a marathon route that wouldn't cause traffic. Or D. Help squirrels cross a busy highway. (laughs) Oh, all of them are quite plausible. So we already know that they're quite environmentally friendly with their wind power for a train system. So maybe they don't need 
the bike friendly lanes. Um, seeing as they're driving their fish around, maybe they have a walkway for squirrels. Uh, would they spend that much on a King's Parade? Possibly, if they're sending tulips overseas that are quite expensive. I'll go with... Uh, seeing as I lucked out on the stupidity, I'll, I'll say squirrels this time round. You're correct. Yep. <laughs> if they're looking after their fish in self-powered cars, they're definitely going to be putting out a walkway for squirrels. Uh-huh. To ride the train, one Dutch rail company accepts what in a place of money? A. Books. B. A live performance of a song. C. Tulips. Or D, empty cans. Oh, okay. See, I don't think they put in two questions about tulips, surely. But uh, it could be that recycling thing with the empty cans. I don't know about their uh, performing arts of <laughs> uh, sing, sing for your train ticket. Um, what was the first one? Uh, books. Books. Maybe they could be collecting books for passengers to swap and read. I don't know how long the train trips would be in uh, the Netherlands. Let's go... Yeah, we'll go A, books. You're correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, what's the thoughts behind that one? Uh, the annual book week. Ah, right. So it's only a specific time of year that they do that. Mm. There you go. Okay, well, we'll uh, have some more Netherlands trivia next week on uh, when we open up the Unbox. For now, we'll take a very quick break, and we'll be back to check out the history behind this week's profiterole topic. <laughs> Max on Afternoon Delight. It is time for us to have a look at profiteroles. What do you know about profiteroles? Not much. Not much <laughs> at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit, these were not something of my childhood. Um, they have various names around the world. Profiterole is their French name. Um, they're also known as choux à la crème, um, or the US refer to them as cream puffs. Now, to me, it makes more sense to call them a cream puff because they are a um, pastry ball, typically with a sweet, moist filling of whipped cream. Cream puff. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Sometimes they have, though, custard, pastry cream or ice cream. So that's why having a different name probably makes sense. They can be decorated, all left plain and just garnished with a chocolate sauce, perhaps caramel. Some of them have a dusting of powdered sugar on top. But uh, traditionally, when I've seen them served up, they've got chocolate. Yeah. There are also variations that are savoury, that are filled with pureed meat or cheese, for example. Um, they're often used as garnishes for soups. But uh, traditionally, when I see these in shops, they are sold uh, with a cream filling or a custard filling, and yeah, chocolate topping. To create 
a profiterole. It's quite a unique process. The choux pastry, which is a very delicate um, pastry dough, is piped through a pastry bag or dropped with a pair of spoons into small balls and then it's baked to form a hollow puff. After it's cooled down, the baked profiterole is then injected with a filling using a different pastry bag that has a very narrow piping tip on it. And you can also disassemble them, like chop them in half, fill them and then reassemble if need be. Then you can glaze them or decorate them. And the most common presentations of the pastry whipped cream or ice cream filling are then uh, topped with some sort of chocolate ganache. But um, sometimes they can be served plain with a crisp caramel glaze over the top, which sounds quite nice. Or they can be served alongside fruit or um, with ice cream. If they're filled and glazed with caramel, they are assembled into um, a... Now, I'm hopeless <laughs> at pronouncing this. A croquembouche, which was apparently a nightmare challenge on one of the master chefs at one stage. They're often served at weddings in France and Italy or during the uh, Christmas holiday period in France and they're served during important occasions in Gibraltar. But uh, the croquembouche was like the, I don't know, the the main challenge on MasterChef once that everyone was freaking out over making this pile of profiteroles. Um, the profiterole draws its origins from the French Renaissance where Caterina de' Medici who was marrying Henry II, um, she was becoming queen at the time, brought all her gastronomic recipes from her homeland of Tuscany. She also brought with her one of the chefs, Popolini, and he created in 1540 the uh, the choux pastry, which is C-H-O-U-X. I've just realised I should probably say that uh, spelling out loud, because otherwise you're probably thinking choux pastry might be something you wear on your feet. <laughs> But no. Uh, it became very famous in France, like a lot of other recipes that came across from Italy and the like. And with it, profiteroles became uh, quite popular. The fame of the dessert spread after the 17th century, which is where the true art of pastry and uh, the like was appreciated. So um, the cream puff version in the US has been around in restaurants since 1851 and the Wisconsin State Fair is apparently known for its giant cream puffs. It's um, yeah well renowned. <laughs> there you go. But um, they seem very uh, delicate and fancy. We're going to have to um, have a bit of a taste test, put the spotlight on them so that we know exactly what we're talking about here on Afternoon Delight. So uh, let's put the spotlight on the profiterole. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Radio. So we're not really going head to head because there's nothing quite like a profiterole. We're almost just a, a taste test this week. And uh, the, I'll pass that across to you, Max. There we go. Thank you. So these are the um, the uh, the El, El Cheapo version or the uh, most common one. Do you want to describe what you got in your hand there? Uh, it's like a ball of pastry with um, chocolate on the top. Yeah, and it's a special type of chocolate. So this is ganache, quite a thick, gooey 
very rich chocolate. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of a bit more than uh, just chocolate icing. <laughs> quite, quite rich. Yeah. But yeah, the ball of pastry, very thin walls, quite flaky. Um, depending on how you eat them. They can be a bit lethal. You bite into it and it squirts out at all angles. It's a bit like a hot jam donut. You've got to uh, be very wary of what you do. Uh, they often need to be kept refrigerated or kept cool because of their um, custody filling or the cream filling. These ones are custard filled, mm-hmm. so they're not too bad. So you're having a bit of a munch down there. What, do you, what can you describe flavour-wise? Um, uh... It's very chocolatey, mm-hmm. and then the um, custard just is a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's it's quite full. Like that. That's why when you bite into them, you've got to be careful. The custard's n- not very sweet, but you know it's there. If that makes sense, it's a vanilla custard center and I think most of the flavor is coming from the chocolate ganache mm-hmm. the pastry itself is rather bland and flavorless without the the chocolate um, topping so if you were wanting to eat just the the plain pastry ball I think you'd be quite disappointed <laughs> but um you can see how having a different flavour, like a caramel glaze or something like that, would work quite well. Uh-huh. And we might try and see if we can uh, teach people how to make these a bit later. <laughs> but for now, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with the sweetest tune. Afternoon Delight, it is time for our sweetest tune, and uh, funnily enough, or strangely enough, I don't know what you want to call it, there are actually songs out there about profiteroles. Mm. Yeah. So there's a, a silly little ditty that we've popped up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page from Mr. Weeble, and it goes for about a minute, and uh, it's just a, a novelty tune. He apparently does lots of songs about different food items. But our sweetest tune today comes from a young lady who goes by the name um, Starling. So this song was released back in 2018, and uh, the song's called Profita Rolls. Oh, a little soul in a cul-de-sac townhouse on sorry ground, I'm elegant. Must be the neighborhood, bro federals in the pocket of Charlotte's pink dressing gown. That there is Starling on Afternoon Delight, our sweetest tune this week, Profiteroles. What do you think of that one, Max? It is good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm trying to think who she reminds me of. She's got a similar voice... Kind of like a combination of Lily Allen and... I don't know who else. (laughs) I can't quite place it. But, uh, yeah, that is Starling with Profiteroles. Uh, Banana Custard, I think, is one of the lyrics that she uh, said there. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds like a, a good combo. Maybe we'll pop that on the uh, Afternoon Delight Facebook pages. What would be your favourite filling for a profiterole? Are you a yeah. whipped cream kind of person or a custard filling? Because there's quite a few suggestions. Let us know. You can uh, pop it up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page or uh, send a text to 0439 329 We're back after this to share a recipe. <laughs> Okie dokie, Max. What's your French like? <laughs> uh, not very good. We might, uh, we might go with the uh, Aussie version of creme patisserie as creme filling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make a, uh, a profiterole, or if people want to get real fancy, a uh, crock and bush? What do we need? 800 grand, 80 grams of butter, uh, 150 grams of plain flour, Three eggs, and for the cream filling, 435 ml of milk, one vanilla bean split, three egg yolks, 70 grams of caster sugar, 50 grams of plain flour sifted, and place butter and 250 ml of water in a saucepan bring just to the boil remove from heat beat in flour stir over medium heat for two to three minutes or until mixture comes away from side of pan in a bowl cool for five minutes gradually add the egg one tablespoon at a time beating well after each addition until dough is thick and glossy preheat oven to 200 degrees celsius fan forced line two baking trays with baking paper place heaped dessert full dessert spoonfuls of dough about three centimeters apart on trays use wet hands to pat down eat any peaks sprinkle trays with water to create steam bake for 30 to 35 minutes or until puffed and golden turn off the oven Use the tip of a small sharp knife to pierce the base of each profiterole. Return to the profiteroles to the tray and in the oven for 20 minutes to dry out. Transfer to a wire racticle. For the cream filling, heat milk and vanilla seeds in a saucepan. Whisk egg yolks and sugar in a bowl until thick. Whisk in flour then milk, return to a pan. 
Whisk over low heat for five minutes or until thickened. Cover surface with plastic wrap and place into fridge to chill. Spoon the um, cream filling into a piping bag with a five millimeter plain nozzle. Push nozzle into a base of each profiterole and fill the cream filling. And you're done. And so you can make those little pastry puff things up to a week ahead because they um, can be stored in an airtight container then. And you can uh, put the filling in as needed. So you can knock the filling up as needed. Uh, on the day of serving, though, to make the profiteroles crisp, if you place them on a baking tray, heat them for about 10 minutes and make sure they're cooled completely because otherwise the uh, cream inside goes all gloopy. <laughs> you don't want that. Um, you could also do a chocolate sauce, as we said. So for a very quick one, um, you place 200 grams of fine chopped dark chocolate, a cup of thickened cream, and a tablespoon of brown sugar in a saucepan. Then cook over a low heat, stirring with a metal spoon until it's all smooth, and then you can whack that over the top instead. Too easy. Uh-huh. And very tasty. We'll stick that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page if you'd like to uh, have a go at making your own profiteroles over the week. And um, then let us know how you go. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back after this to find out what's new on the shelf. An extra, extra, read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, 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 read all about it. Okay, okay, before we get into what's new, we need to uh, check out what's news <laughs> in relation to our what's new today. Because, uh, Max, uh, we're going to be looking at some new Pringle flavours, but uh, there's some news about the Pringles logo. Yeah. So, what's new with the Pringles logo? It's a new logo. <laughs> hmm. After 20 years, uh, Pringles have updated Mr. P, the, the Pringles man. So, uh, traditionally he had a big bushy brown moustache and big, uh, big brown hair on top of his head. Now, he shaved it off. <laughs> so, it's a streamlined black, almost silhouette. He appears to have also lost his bow tie, which is uh, quite, what, the quite distressing. What, the ah, Pringles the Pringles word. Right, okay. Phew. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was bow tieless. That would have been an absolute travesty. So, um, apparently, according to um, the Pringles, uh, going from Thrillist.com, the logo chain has come about um, just as something to to zhuzh up the uh, the look of the cans. They spent two years in research and design to create a more modern look, and so Mr. P's style reflects the flavour of the Pringles inside. Um, While the look may be new... The change of the taste in the inside has not changed. So uh, Pringles still taste the same. So the company enlisted the help of Victor Cruz from the New York Giants to help them announce the changes. And uh, so the inventive flavours are going to be in more of a plain kind of... Would you say a plain tin at the top? It's looking less jazzy. And then the flavours themselves are... 
quite uh, prominent and pronounced on the bottom. So what's the new range of Pringles? The Passport flavours. Mmm. So uh, these are similar to a previous um, range that they had of various flavours around the world. But the um, two new flavours that are out at the moment are New York-style cheeseburger and a Sichuan-style spicy chicken. So uh, let's find out what they taste like. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Radio Max. So inside the uh, tin of Pringles, they're looking... Ooh. I don't know. Are they looking smaller, or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might be just my eyes playing tricks. But uh, so we've got the cheeseburger flavoured. These are New York cheeseburger and cheeseburger inspired. Um, Flavour you can see or not quite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Strong. I, I'm getting a peppery... It's almost like I can taste the cheeseburger bun, but not quite the cheeseburger, if that makes sense. I'm getting a nutty kind of taste, like sesame seed taste. Maybe a a bit of a tomato sauce taste as well, but I'm not actually tasting that cheese, cheesy, burgery flavour. Vegetable powders, Mm -hmm. onion and tomato. Do they live up to the hype of once you pop, you can't stop? Probably. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're Moorish, definitely. Once you uh, have a bit of a taste of them, they do they do grow on you. Oh, is it a paprika taste, perhaps? Soy sauce? Maybe. Oh, it could be. Could be. That might be what it is. Um, apparently, there's uh, some more passport flavours coming. But their uh, slogan is, take a trip with every chip. Do you feel like you're being transported to New York, <laughs> eating a cheeseburger in a, in a diner, perhaps, Max? I don't know. Not Never sure? Before. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> um, so we've only got the cheeseburger flavour to compare with, but apparently there's London-style fish and chips coming, mm-hmm. which could be quite a unique flavour. Um, and then there's also going to be a Korean flavour as well. But uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. What are you giving the New York cheeseburger flavoured Pringles? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up? Yeah. Pretty good stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll pop that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Let us know if you've tried the, uh, the cheeseburger flavoured Pringles, or perhaps you've tried the spicy... Um, chicken flavour and let us know did you take a trip with a chip (laughs) Um, we're almost out of time here Max time is uh, running fast we'll be back to open up this week's Kinder Surprise right after this Kinder, kin, 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 kin
It's time to open up this week's Kinder Surprise and Max you having even more trouble than last week. Mm. <laughs> are they what are they doing with them? They're like um sealing the tinfoil stuff. Differently? Yeah. Bizarre. Okay, so we got to, we got there. The chocolate's off, capsule's open, what is inside? It is oh, I don't actually know what it is. Oh, it's like a monkey lion thing. <laughs> is that a mandrill maybe? Dunno. Okay, so you've put in its mouth a little um, picture of some fruit. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously uh, herbivorous. But it's covered in long red hair. Well, plastic hair. I think it's a type of monkey. Yeah. Long tail. It's got a tiny little one that sits on its back from the range of whatever the current set is that we keep getting with uh, a tiny little thing sitting on the back of its parent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what type of monkey that is. Me either. We'll see if we can uh, hunt it up. Long red haired monkey. Come on, internet. Do us proud. Is it looking kind of like that? Uh, Would you say? Okay. So it is a ginger monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, that narrows it down. (laughs) So. Oh, it could be... Oh, actually, that's what it'll be. Golden Lion Tamarin. There we go. (laughs) There's one holding a piece of fruit. So if you Google Golden uh, Lion Tamarin, you'll know exactly what Max just put together (laughs) in the Kinder Surprise this week. But for now, it is time for us to say goodbye. And as always, if you want to get in contact with the show with suggestions, you can email lolly at ocrfm.org.au or jump on our Facebook page and we'll catch you next Sunday from 3. Bye-bye. Sticks and stones together makes the spark ignite And the thought of love when you was getting so exciting Skyline rockets in flight Afternoon delight